And on the line now, I have Lucy Tyndall, who was a past project manager at the RISE Foundation, pioneered the Castle Art Project in the autonomous region of Kurdistan in Iraq. Good morning, Lucy. How are you? Good morning. How's it going? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Am I talking to you from Wellington right now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How's it going over there? Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah, no, we've got a kind of bit of a chill in the air, but nothing like Dunedin. <laughs> it is freezing down here today. <laughs> no um, doubt. <laughs> yeah, so what is your background in the arts before you went overseas? Um, honestly, I did um, painting until uh, high school, and then um, at university I actually went down to Dunedin and studied political science and French. Oh, so wow. That was kind of, but continued painting through there. Um, and just kind of happened to come around later, so it's quite cool. Well, that's fantastic. And so, could you just give us a brief overview of what the Rise Foundation does? Yeah. So, I mean, the NGOs um, uh, changed a little bit lately, but back in its heyday, um, when it first started, it was just like a small, um, very small NGO started up by a guy called Tom Robinson, British guy, and um, it was a few years ago now. So, and the whole idea behind it was. Um, kind of like a niche NGO, you know, like you've got the bigger organizations who mm. do massive projects, but then there's a lot of like people who just sort of slip low, you know, slip between the cracks. Yeah. And um, we sort of operated as um, quite, you know, we could adapt quickly, we could get money quickly, well, sort of sometimes. <laughs> but it was the whole idea of doing things a bit more f- um, faster and also being really like um, on the front line with the community too. So um, in that sense, yeah, we did all sorts of things like emergency relief to also these recreation and education projects. So um, we just, yeah, we, we took up opportunities when we saw, where we saw them and, um, yeah. And so you, you ended up going over to Iraq with the RISE Foundation. That? You ended up going over to Iraq. How did, yeah. that, how did that come about? Oh, that's, that's a bit of a long story. But, um, I originally went to London and um, I spent um, the most horrific three months there in like the depths of winter no money no job you know it was just like london at its worst <laughs> and i was just kind of like oh you know i'd always wanted um to do something um a little bit you know different and be in a different place and london at that time for me just felt like you know just a bigger version of what i had back home so i was like okay it's going to be great and go to some concerts but yeah this opportunity came up um a couple of friends of mine were over in kurdistan and they were teaching English. And they were like, hey, you can get over here, teach some English. By the way, there's this organization called Rise. They do some cool stuff. Get involved while you're doing that. And I was like, okay, cool. And then within about two weeks, I was on a plane. So, yeah, that's how that happened. Fantastic. And how <laughs> yeah. did the Castle Art Project come about? So, um, that honestly, like, um, so that was during um, the time that um, there was a first wave of the crisis, which was the Syrian refugees. That was kind of back in 2013, 2014. Mm. And, um, uh, yeah, a couple of the guys from RISE um, went up to this camp and um, they saw an opportunity there. The camp is quite unique um, in the sense it's an old um, Saddam-era prison. So it's kind of, it's when we first set foot there, it was absolutely horrendous place. You know, mm. you can imagine you've been far-flung from Syria and, you know, you land in this dump, <laughs> which was, um, you know pretty dark as well with its history and it had these um huge walls obviously it was like this kind of internal compound thing and uh there's just big you know two to three meter high wall and um they're like man we could do something here with the kids and so they just had a chat with the community and like hey we could get some paint together what do you reckon 
do some murals. I'm like, yeah, great. So I just went from there, really. Yeah, the community buy-in from the, from the beginning was really important. You've got to go in and, and have a chat and say, what do you think? And um, find the right people to, to help you out. Yeah, and did you find that in the beginning that the children were depicting some of the horrific scenes that they had experienced during the war? Oh, absolutely. And that, that also um, ran through the project, obviously. And um, But the, the first session we had in the um, kind of um, tent in, in the middle, you know, they had this sort of makeshift hall, we got everyone to do sketches um, to get an idea of, of what could, what was, you know, kind of behind the scenes and what yeah. they wanted to do. Um, so, uh, like, honestly, like half the, you know, half the drawings were just horrendous scenes of, you know, um, just bad stuff from war. Mm. Obviously, these kids have seen a lot, and kids are just like sponges, right? They just um, absorb everything around them, all the stress, all the everything like that. And yeah. um, so, but uh, the other part was also like a lot of flowers, a lot of hope, and, and that's why we how we wanted to shape the project. So we wanted to, um, you know, have, give them the space through the project to to do what they needed to do but also like drive that kind of um hey you know let's let's focus on uh your dreams your hopes um yeah. you know beautiful scenery from your home um flowers all that so you know we wanted to to have that positive um thing coming through too and i you know i would stress now that you know everything we did um we wanted to we wanted it to come from them, so it was always their drawings on the wall. It was always their thoughts, you know, mm. um, and just letting them drive the process because I think it's really important in humanitarian work, you know, that you your aim is to make yourself redundant. So, you know, in your job, <laughs> that's you want the community to take complete ownership of the project. So that was very strong from the beginning, and um, yeah. Mm. Was there a piece that you saw in your time that particularly touched you? Oh, like there was so many, um, so many. Like uh, uh, we had, we to, to help us fundraise. I mean, this 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 project ran on the smell of an oily rag, right? It yeah, about, yeah. We probably did about ten k a year, um, maybe, and that is nothing. Mm. Impact. So to to keep us going, we organised um, art exhibitions in town. We get all the expats to come and all the locals, and, and you know they could buy their buy the artwork. And there was one artist called um, Rasha who just did these um, amazing, uh, very conceptual pieces of art. And she's like 14 years old, right? Mm. <laughs> like, wow! And she's you know one of them was this kind of these twisting black hands, um, you know, trying to let, trying to chasing like a cloud, like chasing after this running figure. Yeah. Um, so I just remember, you know, you, you see, because we spent a lot of time with these with these girls, um, young girls and boys, and their ages range from like, you know, eight years old. Actually, we had occasionally five year olds as well, um, up to sixteen, and they, um, uh, you know, a, a lot of them were there for, you know, the fun. You know, they could they mm. could be a community. They could they formed friendships. Like I would stress as well, like when you do art as a group, yeah, yeah, something quite different happen when you're just staring at a painting by yourself and um you know and you could also see you know some minds were just clicking on really fast yeah and really deep thinkers and um so yeah there was a few of those works that you were just like Phew. uh well, where did that come from yeah. you know? <laughs> um and so yeah Rush's work in particular and um there was another one actually we had and it was like this um this sort of fallen angel with these huge black wings sort of um and surrounded in this sort of red and orange and big expressive kind of paint 
paintwork as well. So, yeah, they really they really um, took it and ran with it, that's for sure. And were you keeping them connected to the international art scene while this was going on? It's Honestly, it's really hard what happened. So I, I went back last year and um, we... we we had a bit of an Achilles heel on the project, and that was our translator and um, my colleague, Kaltha, so Kaltha Ahmed, and she was um, living in the camp herself. Mm. And she actually finally got her visa for Germany, so she took her two kids. And, you know, once we once we lost her, our translator, it was we were just like, oh, God, you know? Yeah, yeah. So she's our go-to, really. Um, in terms of connecting the kids to the international art scene, it's, yeah, we, we were, it's, it was easy to do that on the ground, like, for sure. Mm. We tried our best to get it out there. Um, I'm actually I, the next project I would really like to do is actually um, uh, put together a, a book of some description to, to depict it and get Kaltha involved in mm. the as much as possible to actually like share the story because um, I think um, behind the story as well uh, you have what I noticed I was travelling um, you know you take a break there occasionally you need it I was going to Berlin and I'd, I'd also been to um, Israel as well and the symbolism of the wall is, is yeah. quite is quite strong in artwork. Um, you know, so at one point I had the kids doing uh, Thierry Noir, who was the first um, mm. artist to paint the Berlin Wall. And it's the same thing. It's a story shared across the world. And, um, I mean, this is kind of unique because it was kids doing it, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and over, over three years, you know, consistent. You know, we painted God knows how many square feet of a wall. So, yeah, I, I really want to um, be able to share that story somehow for them so um yeah make that happen but we're gonna go pop over to germany and see kalfa as well which would be quite nice yeah Um, yeah was there any place that these artworks have been archived online at the moment no so that yeah that's it's only um (laughs) a bit old school (laughs) (laughs) we made a tumblr I'm not sure who does. Sorry, excuse me. It's okay. Not sure who uses Tumblr anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's something um, I'm also aware of because we do through our. So the project ran on volunteer basis, mm. and um, so we had a lot of people coming through, and a lot of them were fantastic photographers. And um, a good friend of mine, um, Romina, and colleague, she's um, got quite a quite a good range of stuff. So we'll try and collect that and actually get it properly properly together. Is, is the aim for sure. Are you still working with the Rise Foundation in any way? Uh, no, so they, um, I left, uh, yeah, so they sort of shifted focus. So um, during the conflict, uh, you know, the second wave, I guess, was mm. um, uh, the ISIS wave. And because that organisation was really flexible and could get to places that other NGOs couldn't, um, it became, it sort of shifted more into that emergency, emergency realm. Right. And so um, Castle Light actually continued when I left after two years um, on the back of the volunteers who worked for it. So we sort of tagged in and out for a couple of years, <laughs> keeping it going, um, which was amazing. Like, everyone was just, uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, some days I reckon the kids were helping us out as much as we were. <laughs> we, were like, we were kind of this unit of just support for everyone. Yeah. Um, so it was quite funny, but everyone was, uh, yeah, I had a message from my, my friend, actually, Julianne, who's now in Yemen. Um, just like oh, she misses it so much. She finds like the content, you know, the um, the depth of that project and the the impact that we could see it having. It was really incredibly rewarding, and for so little money as well. Like mm. you know, and that's why I think in New Zealand too, if there's you know opportunities for for this, um, you know, it's 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 a massive and very cheap project to do. Yeah, yeah. artwork is just honestly, I I could walk through any gallery in the you know Tate Modern or 
moment i'd seen a whole bunch of installation art but all, all that all that stuff but i had never in my life seen art do what it did across the three years that i you know the impact it had on those on those girls yeah and, uh, do you yeah. think that the artwork also changed the way that the world saw them no longer just as as refugees or displaced people oh i sure hope so because um, that's the label you get right yeah and um you know these these are just you know, young um, young girls and boys who just stuck in a really terrible situation, yeah. and um, and yeah, you, you do get that label. Um, I think. I mean, I'm not too sure. Um, I mean, it's an easy go-to for, I guess, you know, our you know refugee kids painting some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think we really aim to to humanise them um, for sure. Like, cause I think that whole yeah, the the refugee label can be very dehumanising. Um, I think. And uh, you know, just kind of stripped of your identity or that first, and we yeah we wanted them to have their own voice, um, and through the artwork and through their community as well, and really build something, um, that, you know, that they could own, and you know, owning their own identities as well for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you keep in contact with any of the kids? Yeah, yeah occasionally. Um, is a girl Deanna. Um, Again, really, really cool. Uh, she was an awesome artist. Like, man, because we did these workshops and, um, you know, I'd introduce them to artist models like Banksy or Terry Noir. Oh, cool. <laughs> and, like, you know, just um, have a bit of a play because that's, you know, how they can see how someone else does something. And then they yeah. Go, oh, yeah, I could do that. And Deanna always, like, she had this really cool cartoon style that she developed off, I don't know, something. Um, so she was a really cool thinker and a really, really neat, um, neat girl. So occasionally she sends me, like, I don't know, like our, our conversation's kind of limited because I can't speak <laughs> like I can't speak her language, and she's she's way better in English than that. So you know that I would be at um Kurdish or Arabic. So occasionally we get like yeah, send each other like balloons or something. It's <laughs> so something, cute. Something that's universal, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, no, I quite like um to know that they're okay because it's quite scary um sometimes when you get a lot of the news coming through and you you know um. I mean, for instance, you know, I was chatting with Kelsey the other day and, and things that might have washed over me before, like, oh, you know, Syria and, um, was, you know, Damascus is getting bombed by God knows what, you know, mm. Kelsey's mum and dad are there and I've met them oh. and I know them and it's just terrifying. So you do have this constant fear that they're just going to be tossed about more and it's it can be pretty hard sometimes when you watch the news for sure. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It is. It sucks. And, we, yeah, it, honestly, like, it's just... Um, when you get to know people and they become your family and friends, oh, it's the worst. <laughs> oh God, that's horrible. Yeah. Right. Um, but, um, yeah. But what do you think? Where do you think art's place is in relation to the humanitarian sector going forward, especially? Um, I think it's a really, um, it's a really useful, um, amazing thing that can, um, as I said give people voice in difficult circumstances, give them the means of expression. Uh, so I think it is quite important. I mean, it, it, um, huh, that's quite an interesting question, actually. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, there's a lot of more structured programs that do a lot of art therapy as well. Yeah. And yeah. I, like, we, we, we couldn't do that because we didn't have the, um, you know, the psychologist there or the person who's properly trained in that. We could just facilitate, basically, like, here, just do your thing. Um, do it as you need to. Uh, mm. So it's yeah that because I have seen it on that on the level we were seeing it 
really truly working as a therapy in a way to um, to help someone out and give them more confidence and um, and also just a break. Yeah, like, honestly, like I don't know how to how to describe it, but just imagine if you're like in your flat and you just can't leave and you've got no hope of a job. Someone's delivering like you know minimal amount of food to your door and you're stuck there watching TV all day. Like it's pretty demoralizing. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> like, so, you know, and then you're surrounded by. You know, your, your mum and dad talking about I don't know their, their worries and their concerns, which are huge. Like, how are we going to get a future? What are we? How are we going to get money? Um, it's really tough. So, in the humanitarian world, to give people that that window to just that break from that, to go and just just be somewhere and hang out with your friends and and do something like that's colourful and bring that back into your life. Yeah, yeah, it's really important stuff. Any of these kind of recreational. Um, educational projects are incredibly important um, just for, you know I mean we always talked about it, you know, you can feed someone and you know, give them water but it's it's the hope and it's it's the mind that is a really hard long journey Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Are you working yeah. on any other projects currently? <sighs> no, not at the moment, I keep, you know um, I'm back in, back in the grind of the, uh, the government machine <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, but I, I really do intend to, um, you know, contact uh, my colleagues and contact Kelsa and try and get something done on paper. Um, yeah, because I think it's a story that, and we, we, I think we all share, well, my team and and former volunteers and all that, we all share this kind of real love of it. And I think it is, it is a story, and we've got so many stories in it that are, are worthy of, of just getting, getting somewhere and hopefully maybe inspiring others. I mean. I think that's the most important thing. I found these, um, the whole project was hugely inspirational. Yeah. And and that is also like, you know, I want to show people that this is possible um, anywhere you are, you know? Yeah. Um, if you see an opportunity, take it up and it's pretty cheap to do. <laughs> yeah, my God. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've I, I always thought about doing something in New Zealand as well. Like, you know, we've got a lot of, a lot of kids and youth in, in difficult situations and, yeah, this kind of stuff is really important in your own backyard and overseas. Yeah, sure. it would be fantastic to see the book if that ever comes to light. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so. <laughs> we can hope. Yeah, yeah, get myself together and actually get it. You know, you're like, oh yeah, I should do that. Yeah, come on, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we'll see it sometime in the future. Yeah, yeah. Well, fingers crossed, eh? Yeah. yeah hey. Actually, now, now I've said it on radio, I've got to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> radio 1 will hold you accountable for that, Lucy. Yeah, oh, God. Hey, thank you so much for joining me on the show. That was really interesting. Hey, no problem. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. And I hope everyone in Dunedin is keeping warm. And, I, yeah, I just remember all the crappy flats I lived in time. <laughs> it's graduation day today, actually. Oh, so really? I, yeah. <laughs> I'm watching everyone in their hoods walk across, but bundled up and goose down just as they're walking down the street. So oh, amazing! Yeah. <laughs> it's still oh, the same. Nice. Dunedin hasn't changed. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go go some eggs, Benny at the good all. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Hey, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, you too, eh? Cool. Yeah. See you later, cool. Lucy. See ya.
That was Lucy Tyndall, uh, who worked for the Rise Foundation for a time and pioneered the Castle Art Project. There are a few articles online if you'd like to know any more information. Just have a wee look up the Castle Art Project, um, and that was out of Kurdistan and Iraq working with the Syrian refugees, really vulnerable young children, um, in that area during the first wave of migration.